Welcome to You Wanted a Hit, a podcast in which we discuss unlikely, perplexing, and positively bizarre songs that swept the nation and often the world. Hit songs that, looking back, make us think, how did this get played on the radio? Do people actually like this? Do we like this? Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm your co-host, Michael Smith, and I'll be discussing one song per episode with my co-host and fellow music fanatic, pop culture enthusiast Theo Beidler. Each episode, we'll take turns exploring the song, while the other host has no idea what song will be the focus until we hit play. I purposely waited patiently mm. for this moment. Uh, I was patiently waiting for you, so I already opened mine. Well, I already opened mine. That's fair. Sierra Nevada, uh, big little thing IPA. Ooh, I'm on the big really? one. I'm on big purple. Big purple. I'm wearing a big purple shirt. My my shirt matches. Yes, that is indeed true. I'm I'm pouring my beer into a glass that matches today's episode, which I will get to shortly. Oh, yeah, I like that. Mike and I do love a good tiki drink every once in a while. I love a tropical and cocktail. Yeah. Do you have a go-to tiki drink? If you go to tiki bar? Mm, if I go to one, I always like to get a classic and I like to get a house drink so that I can okay. I can uh, experience both. And the classic will change from time to time. Uh, I like a Navy Grog. Uh, I like a Jungle Bird, but less so because I've been making them so much at home. Uh, like to go out and get something else, you know, it's a little hard to make. It's always fun to get a zombie because those are very involved, but you better be staying put for a while because, uh, that's, that's typically a high octane drink. And then I don't know if, if, if a place knocks a classic Mai Tai out of the park, I'm like, this is a good bar. I agree with that. I agree with that. And I would say I don't have a, a go-to tiki drink. I, I do like what you're saying about going for the house drink. And while these aren't strictly tiki bars, whenever I'm at, the Commodore, which is a glass I have right now oh. in Brooklyn, or Long Island Bar in Brooklyn, I have to get one of their pina coladas. Mm. And that is the theme of today's show. Oh my god. Oh man. Talking about the infamous pina colada song yes which is actually called escape mm-hmm. and in parentheses the pina colada song and it's by one rupert holmes yes rupert holmes. are you aware of rupert uh i don't know anything <clears throat> about him besides that this song is by him i've seen his name on jukeboxes many times exactly and we will get to that um because i think that's probably the case for most people uh, and we'll talk about that but <clears throat> excuse me but uh mr holmes has a uh, storied career so i'm excited to jump in uh, Rupert's real name is David Goldstein, and he was <laughs> he was born in Norwich, Cheshire, England, in 1947. He's English? Well, his parents are American, okay. so he has dual citizenship. He's a, a Britain American. His dad was stationed in the army uh, in England at the time. Got it. But they moved back to Long Island, or they moved to Long Island when Rupert was six years old. So right outside, maybe of, just as surprising that he's from yeah, Long exactly. Island. Exactly. And you said the Long Island Bar has a pina. They colada. do. They have a great pina colada. Not the nicest staff, but good pina coladas. Oh, great. That's, that's always a good combo. <laughs> uh, both of his parents were quite musical and instilled that in their children at a young age. Uh, Rupert would go on, go on to study music in high school at the Manhattan School of Music. Is he going by Rupert already? No, but I'm going to call him <laughs> for, for convenience Rupert. and to, to not confuse things. Um, so Rupert, David at the time, 
went to high school at the Manhattan School of Music. Uh, and his brother is the principal lyric baritone of the New York Gilbert and Sullivan Players. Wow. And he sings roles with regional opera companies such as Glimmerglass, Lake George, and Virginia Opera. Uh, and he's also performed with the Metropolitan Opera. Wow. So a, f- a very uh, musical family. Mm-hmm. When Rupert was in his 20s, he actually changed his name to Rupert. Uh, and he, he did that for his musical career. He was a session musician in New York at the time. And he chose Rupert Holmes because uh, Holmes for Sherlock Holmes and Rupert is a nod to the poet Rupert Brooke, known for his war poems during World War I. Mm. In 1969, he started working with Ron Dante of the Cufflinks and the Archies. Mm. And they wrote a song together called Jennifer Tompkins, which... Wait, the Archies, contractual... the cartoon band? Oh, that's a good question. I didn't look into that. Is there another... I think we need to know. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That would be because they had like a like a monkeys kind of thing, but it was uh, it was the Archies, right? From Riverdale, but they had real songs. Here we go. With our might have been. Wow. Okay, that actually sugar. might make sense then. I should have looked at this more. <laughs> I'm trying yeah, to keep them uh, so short. Damn it! Oh, the Archies had a hit. Uh, sugar, sugar. Yeah. Okay. So this would make sense. Ron Dante uh, was. In the fictional cartoon band The Archies, he was also the voice of the Cufflinks and co-produced Barry Manilow's first nine albums. Whoa. Now, I didn't dig into much of the reasoning behind my next statement, but Rupert and Ron wrote this song, Jennifer Tompkins, together. And because of contractual agreements with The Archies, he wasn't able to record it. So Rupert himself recorded it Mm. under the name Street People. So I didn't look into Archie it much. Comics was like, you're not doing anything but the Archie. Exactly. Man. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't look into it much, but that's exactly why. So this is under Street People. This would be Rupert's first hit, Jennifer Tompkins. What a great name for a song. Wow, these lyrics. They're a little... Holy shit. Yeah, there's They're a reason why the Archies weren't down with this song. I mean, that's that classic pop song where it's like upbeat and fun and the lyrics are really depressing. Mm-hmm. So fun little ditty on the, on the surface. Cool song. That would spend 15 weeks on the Billboard Hot 100 and it peaked nice. at number 36. All right. So not a bad little run for uh, a first not song. Uh, among other acts, Rupert worked with the band The Buoys. And he actually helped, you know, are you familiar with the Bowie's? No. So he helped the Bowie's get their first record contract, which was with Scepter Records. However, they were signed to a one single contract, and the contract stated that Scepter didn't need to actually promote the single on radio. So Rupert came up with an idea to record a song that would most likely get banned and garner attention. And it worked. So Rupert wrote a song about cannibalism called Timothy. This sounds very familiar. So again, it's like an upbeat, fun little song, and the lyrics are wild. I don't recognize the song from the way it sounds, but this story is familiar like the, the the name of the song and the topic 
So Rupert was inspired by the country song 16 Tons, uh-huh. as well as the Tennessee Williams play Suddenly Last Summer, which has to do with cannibalism. Right. And the song features three miners stuck in a mine. They're hungry and they only have water for two. And when they're rescued, only two of the miners are left and both are mysteriously full. So it definitely uh, alludes to cannibalism. I was wondering if this might have been what was going on on the uh, on the Titan. The uh, I was thinking that too. Submersible. Yeah. Well, this song uh, went all the way to number seventeen in nineteen seventy-one. Yeah. Uh, so wait, but how? Just from sales? Uh, it, it got banned by a lot of radio stations, and then got a lot of attention, and kind of took off from there. Our, our second top hit for uh, for Rupert. He wrote a handful of other songs for the Bowie's, including "Give Up Your Guns," which also charted. Then he would go on to write other pop songs and jingles, as well as a score to the 1970 film Five Savage Men, also known as The Animals, which starred Keenan Wynn. In 1974, he would release his first album under his own name, which was entitled Widescreen on Epic Records. Uh, The songs on this album, like many of his songs, are love songs with comical storytelling narratives, like we hear in Pina Colada's song. Uh, Barbara Streisand was such a fan that she asked to cut some of his songs for her own record, which helped propel his career. Some of those songs Wild. would end up in her movie, The Star is Born. What? And then he would go on to write songs for her next six albums. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. Pretty awesome. I thought this guy was just some like one-hit wonder, dude. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. Wow. His second album... Barbara Streisand was like, that cannibalism song. <laughs> <laughs> She's a fan of multiple music. I need some of that on my on my album. Yeah. Uh, his second album. I love that cannibalism scene in Star is Born. That shit's wild. <laughs> Would have made for an interesting movie. His second album was a self-titled release. And according to Wikipedia, going to the source here, it led Rolling Stone to compare him with Bob Dylan as an artist of unprecedented originality who commanded attention. And there's a notation to an article in Rolling Stone with a date, but I couldn't find the article to verify that which is why i'm giving credit to wikipedia but yeah you know pretty wild if rolling stone compared him to bob dylan at any one time and it wouldn't be until his fifth album partners in crime where we'd be introduced to the famous pina colada song are you aware of uh what the song is about pina coladas okay um <laughs> i'm sure there's more too i mean lyrically it's it's uh Considering the context the song is normally in, the lyrics are definitely a little deeper than that. A bit deeper. So the the song, like many of his songs, is a narrative storytelling song. And if you listen closely to the lyrics, you can easily pick up mm-hmm. on what the song is about. I feel like it's never it's never on somewhere where I can actually pick up what the lyrics are saying. I, I, well, especially outside <laughs> or it's of the in a movie. Like you hear the chorus, you sing along to that, and then. You don't listen to the actual verses, which help string things along. Yeah, you know, there's there's glasses clanking, there's people maybe laughing, maybe some someone say. Oh, I've heard people sing at karaoke too, but I just one. haven't really paid attention. Well, Rupert was inspired to write the song after reading personal ads of people looking for lovers in his local newspaper. I, I figured it was a personal ad for our younger audience. Personal ads uh, were the tinder of their time. Uh, essentially, they were little blurbs in the newspaper describing who you were and what you were looking for, and then people would be able to contact you or write in themselves. Uh, they've been around for a while. There used to be entire movies about these things. That's true. <laughs> uh, and there were entire newspapers and magazines dedicated to to personal ads of this nature. The earliest recorded personal ad, or matrimonial ad, as they were called at one time, 
was in England in 1660. Uh, a, f- wow. a funny one that I found from 1880 was a young girl, 17 years of age, who knows how to make good soup, desires to marry someone, no matter who, and would not even object to a person with a broken leg. Wow. That's one. Right, first of all, I like that my man is focused on the soup. Yeah. But that's what she's writing this. He knows what he likes. She's writing this. She knows that she makes good soup. Oh. Yeah. She makes good soup and she's searching for a man who appreciates good soup. And a broken leg. That's, you know, she'd, she'd settle for it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's a plus, <laughs> but she'd settle for it. Oh, also funny because a pina colada was invented by a pirate. Oh. Oh, wow. The, the cocktail. Look at that. They, look at that. They may. You know, I know it might be stereotypical, but they may have had a either, I guess, maybe a peg leg. Did did that pirate like soup? Because I got a girl from him. Uh, let me give you a couple more from the uh, the 70s and 80s in Rupert's time here. Uh, this one says, divorced, caring, considerate, affectionate male, G-S-O-H, which I found out meant good sense of humor, N-S, Ooh, which I imagine we means... We should bring that back. I know, I like that. Uh, N-S, which I imagine means non-smoking. Uh, 56, 5'8", enjoys life, gardening, music, theater, dance holidays, animals, nights in, out, seeks genuine, realistic lady for friendship slash romance. Realistic. You have like a certain amount of characters and you're, you're packing it in. Uh, <laughs> one more here. And this one I find interesting because uh, it says, uh, seeks Anne Wincombe, trendyish and smart male, 41, seeking Anne Wincombe, Lookalike or similar, any age, looks or build for fun, friendship and possible relationship. Please rescue me. Now, oh wow, this one's from the UK because Anne Widcombe uh, is the former UK Minister of Employment. Uh, Whoa! And I assume maybe she was a looker back in the day, but if you, uh, she's got a interesting look to her. I think I've seen her before. Yeah, she does look familiar. I think she is. She looks very familiar. I think she was, uh, I don't know, a part of uh, Brexit and such. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So yeah, I mean, people were looking for all kinds of things in personal ads. Personal ads of this nature that inspired Rupert to write the Pina Colada song. There it is. The song details a man who was tired of his own relationship. And he says, I was tired of my lady. We've been together too long. So he puts an ad in the newspaper mm-hmm. seeking someone who likes Pina Coladas and getting caught in the rain and goes on, if you're not into yoga, if you have half a brain... If you like making love at midnight in the dunes on the Cape, then I'm the love that you've looked for. Write me and escape. Wow. Well, he does in fi- and indeed find a match. Uh, later in the song, we see that someone has responded and they set a time to meet at a bar called O'Malley's, which I'm sure has a great pina colada because every <laughs> Irish bar has good pina coladas. It's, it's O'Malley's. O'Malley's. <laughs> when he goes to meet this new love interest at O'Malley's or O'Malley's, we find out that the person who responded was actually his longtime partner all along, and they realize that they have way more in common than they thought, and they lived happily ever after. I never picked up on this in this song. No, right? <laughs> oh, it's just like it's kind of cute, but you're also like, wouldn't you're both like, wait a minute, you you were willing to cheat on me, but but you like pina coladas? I didn't know this about you. But they both were. That's kind of beautiful. Like they both were. Yeah. Like, oh, maybe we maybe we should talk about this instead of just putting something anonymous in the paper. Well, I think that is the uh, that is the love that Rupert is describing here. Is it based on any sort of uh, biographical nature? I don't believe so. We'll get to 
mm. Rupert's personal life later here. I think he's just a good storyteller. Uh, interestingly okay. enough, the famous line wasn't even supposed to be in the song. Instead of the first line of the chorus being, if you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain, it was written to say, if you like Humphrey Bogart and getting caught in the rain. I don't know. I think missed opportunity there. Well, I, do you think so? That, I, maybe the song wouldn't be <laughs> no. anywhere near what it is. Uh, Rupert changed the lyric at the last minute in Wait, the studio. Wait, so it would have been Humphrey Bogart instead of Pina Colada? Yeah. And he, he changed it last minute in the studio. He felt that Humphrey Bogart didn't land as well. It's not as many syllables. Well, he was thinking that he was stuck on the fact that the song was going to be called Escape and that mm. they were like going on vacation. So he talks about like the first thing you do on vacation is get a nice like vacation drink you're not going to get like a budweiser you're going to go for like a, a tiki drink of sorts and they tried well they thought about different options but pina colada had the right meter and at the time rupert had never actually had a pina colada oh do we know if he's had one now oh uh, yes he's had many i don't think he's a big fan oh okay. uh, i read that he's a bigger fan of ipas so are you we'll serious send him are some, you serious uh, some, yeah yeah we'll send him some uh <laughs> Sierra Nevada. Oh my God! Can we please get a Sierra Nevada commercial with Rupert in it? Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, uh, I know where to find him. So we uh, we'll get to holy that. shit. Yes, so I'll track him down. Uh, so yeah, the song was originally called Escape, but when it hit radio and it caught on, everyone was calling in asking for the, the Pina Colada song. Yeah, and the same thing was happening in record stores. So the label forced Rupert to change the name to the Pina Colada song, uh, and they met in the middle by having to say Escape. And in parentheses, the Pina Colada song. That makes sense. Because that's a dumb subtitle. <laughs> yeah. Talking about the year that the song became a hit, he said, In that year, I probably had more Pina Coladas than any other human being on Earth. It didn't take much imagination to say what we will serve at the press parties. Oh, yeah. Right. Pina Coladas. No one ever said, let's serve bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> I like this guy. Oh, he's great. He's had some great lines. I do indeed love a Pina Colada, but I also love a cup of coffee. Our friends at Dark Matter Coffee in Chicago, Illinois, are making ethically conscious, outstanding coffee that you absolutely must try. And we can help you do that. Head to their website at darkmattercoffee.com and enter the code WANTEDAHITCAST for free shipping on coffee beans, coffee paraphernalia, merch, etc. It's all great. So head to their website, darkmattercoffee.com, put in the code, and get free shipping on us. Uh, so I don't believe we have a video for this song. It's 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 like... We're a handful of years before... What year is it? 79. So we're a handful of years mm. before... Yeah. We get true videos. Some of them had, like, promo videos, but... Yeah. Um, that was pretty much it. In, in lieu of that, so you can get a little taste of Rupert, I'm going to send you a live performance from Top Pop. Which, I feel like this is a song I should hate, and I like this song. <laughs> I was wondering what you would think about it. This song doesn't bother me. I feel like it's a song where people are like, oh, fuck, someone's singing this karaoke... This is so corny, and it is corny, but I don't know. It doesn't bother me. I think it's a fun song. It definitely I mean, has it's like very soft rock. Yeah, it's got like yacht rock vibe, which I, if you're in the mood, it's not cool. really, not really my thing. Oh yeah. Also, he looks hilarious. I mean, total. He very much looks like he'd be in like Steely Dan. Definitely, definitely. But he, you could tell he, he's in on the joke. Yeah. Like. He thinks this is ridiculous. Well, we'll listen to... He's like, he's very like fake dramatic. Yeah, we'll listen to more of his songs here in a bit. Uh, all of his songs have this like romantic element, but comedy, storytelling, 
So it's all very like theater of the mind. And so I feel like yeah. Yeah, he just wants to play that up. Yeah, he's playing up the irony for sure. He's doing the air guitar solo. I think he's a true songwriter who just enjoys releasing records and like yeah like he's out. a true songwriter and he's like oh my god this is ridiculous i'm on top of the pops all right let's yeah. do it it's like the old taste he is fun so where do we think this landed in the charts it's a huge song big time am radio vibes uh <laughs> five number one baby number one Oh, did you find... Uh, this was the last number one song of the 1970s. Wow, what, a, will, what an end cap. It will be number one for a total of three weeks over a four-week period. Oh. So it peaks at number one, December Christmas 22nd, song. 1979. It would stay there for two weeks, being displaced for one week by Casey and the Sunshine Band with their song, Please Don't Go. Oh. Before returning to number one spot the next week, making it the first and potentially the only song to go number one in two different decades. <laughs> Which is just awesome. To go number one. Like, it didn't remain number one. It hit number one in two different decades. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Rupert. So, the the week that I went number one in late 1979, number two is obviously Please Don't Go by KT Sunshine Band. Mm-hmm. We've got Babe. Uh, by sticks coming down from number one. Would everybody get Casey and the Sunshine Band singles for Christmas? I guess so. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe it was like a big hit on New Year's Eve or something. <laughs> uh Send One Your Send One Your Love by Stevie Wonder mm-hmm. coming up. We got Still by the Commodores coming down. Ooh. Do That to Me One More Time by Captain and Tennille. Ooh, wow. At number seven, You're Only Lonely by JD Souther. Number eight, No More Tears, Enough is Enough by Barbara Streisand and Donna mm-hmm. Summer. Perhaps written by... Yeah, did Rupert write that? <laughs> or produ- he probably produced it. Uh, at number nine, we got Ladies Night by Cool and the Gang. Oh, man. And at number ten, Take the Long Way Home by Supertramp. There's some jams in some the top jams. ten. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, as we mentioned, Casey and the Sunshine Band will we'll pop them off for a week. Uh, the song that knocks them off the charts uh, the second time was Michael Jackson's Rock With You. Hmm. And the week that we have... Yeah, the, best the, of luck with MJ in the next 10 years trying, yeah, to, exactly. trying to keep him away from number one. The, uh, the second time I went number one in the, in the first weeks of 1980, the only other two songs that were on the chart that weren't in the previous chart were Coward of the Country by Kenny Rogers and We Don't Talk Anymore by Cliff Richard. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, we do not have a kid's corner. Should not surprise you. Yeah, uh, but we do kind of. So not I, a lot of not a lot of boozy songs on the kids' bops. No, but I should mention that the song is featured in Shrek, as well as Shrek the Musical. Oh uh, yeah, it is in Shrek, and it's also featured in Guardians of the Galaxy. I will send you that clip. That's so that's the movie I think of right away. Yeah, is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. For that, a that's lot a of fun jam. Honestly, a great scene. Uh, it's also in movie wise, Deadpool two. Argo, Dinner for Schmucks, Detroit Rock City, Mars Attacks, How Stella Got Her Groove Back. I love back. Detroit Rock City. What among, an underrated film. Money, it is, that's a good one. Uh, among many others. Uh, a couple other fun pop cultural moments for you. I never watched Better Call Saul. I don't know if you did. Uh, no, I watched Breaking Bad. I did too, yeah. But this is a 
This is a fun scene from Better Call Saul. Rupert Holmes, that's who the documentary is about. I'm sorry, who? Rupert Holmes. You know, Rupert Holmes, the singer-songwriter. You know, um, the Pina Colada song. I mean, sure so in this uh, Better Call Saul, they're clearly, uh, they've gotten caught filming something and he's trying to make a joke or he's like trying to lie that they're filming a Rupert Holmes documentary in Albuquerque. In the rain. Oh my God, if that's great. If you're not into yoga and you got half a brain, <laughs> if you like making love at midnight in the dunes by the Cape, see? Ru- look at her face, Rupert Holmes. He went to school here? Yeah. I was class of 64, he still talks about it. But the school was <laughs> built in 71. He was a student in the old building that used to be here. We're taking a little, what do you call it, artistic liberties. Is it Rupert Holmes English? <laughs> well, yeah. This and that's some funny. great trivia. But he spent his formative years right here in Albuquerque. <laughs> great one. Uh, and just as good, it also is featured in Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, and this is interesting because they talk about a... I guess a common misconception because in, in my research, I found a lot of people think that this song is by Jimmy Buffett, which is Island covered time. here. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Here we go. Oh, Frank, I'm so excited about this concert. Thank you for the tickets. Yeah. Oh, I love Jimmy Buffett. Oh, yeah. And those pirate head broads, they're wild. I noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he plays the Pina Colada song. Oh, you uh, yeah, hear it. It's the best. Yeah, I wish he would too, but he won't because that's, uh, that's not Buffett. <laughs> Huh? Yeah, no, he does. It's uh, the one that goes, If you like pina colada, you know, I know the song, I know the song, but it's sung by a man named Rupert Holmes. Oh. Like Are singing sure it's going to prove their point. I've known to see Buffett for 20 years. Have you ever heard him play it? Well, no, but he's not going to play all his Rupert hits Holmes. every single time. Yeah, no, he is. That's what he does. That's actually the only I've never seen does. this episode. And that's just not one of them. But hey, listen, buddy, you want to hear that song? You go ahead and request away. I won't stop you. If you like making love. I'm surprised. Jimmy Buffett hasn't come up before, but I just said it's probably better than most Jimmy Buffett songs. Most is probably true. I gotta say, Jimmy Buffett's early material is actually pretty decent. It's like weirdo, folky country music. I was going to defend him. Those first couple albums I think are really great. Yeah, they're more like Jim Croce, James Yeah, uh, well, and he was hanging around with like Jerry Jeff Walker and folks like that. But later on, once he just like leaned into his shtick, I actually could and I know I, this is not my own original thought, but I think about it a lot. Uh, I could definitely draw a line to like the very empty, party-centric, modern country music and Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, I mean... And I, th- I think he has a lot to I, do. I don't... That. I won't disagree with you. I, it can be fun. Like, I, I, I've actually never been to a Jimmy Buffett show. Well, it kind of was the yeah. Bonnery one. I, mem- I remember you... Didn't you run uh, by He him? ran by me, and I was like super he hungover by Bonnery, and I was making fun of him. <laughs> There's an old guy who's running. I had no idea it was Jimmy Buffett. And then he did a surprise show at noon in Bonnaroo. Very strange. Mm. Uh, other shows that the song was featured in uh, were the, the Simpsons, ER, Six Feet Under, True Blood, Veronica Mars, American Dad, Brooklyn Man, Nine-Nine. Rupert has made so much sink money, and he continues to make it. So much. Speaking of, the song was used in a Taco Bell commercial. I love their pina coladas. The Baja Blast pina colada is very good. This is, is what really? this is a commercial for, yeah. Is it really for the Baja Blast? Yeah. Oh, no. Because <laughs> they sell booze at the Taco Bells, at some of them. Yeah. This is probably pre-booze. This is definitely like early 2000s. Right. This is pre-Baja Blast, the Pertista. <laughs> with the Baja Blast predecessor. 
Uh, Rupert asked his wife, do you know that I'm a spokesperson for Taco Bell now? And she said, yes. And the one before you was a chihuahua. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, reminds me of uh, from the uh, sunscreen song episode with uh, Kurt Vonnegut's wife going, you didn't tell me that you gave me oh, yeah. a commencement speech at MIT. And he's like, I, that's because I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not a lot of notable covers. Uh, one was Jack Johnson. Tough song to cover. Did he do it Tough song to ironically? Cover. Well, that's the thing. It's like either you do it ironically or you or do it really true it, form. Yeah, super serious because the lyrics are pretty good. Yeah, you so could do Jack, like a... Jack did a true to form and it's for the movie The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Oh, I think I remember this from that movie. I like that movie. Yeah, obviously more in a Jack Johnson style. Yeah. Got it. But he does it pretty, pretty straight. Pretty serious. Yeah. Uh, another group that does it pretty straight is the band Sugar Ray. Oh boy, they yeah, come up we, again. We didn't need this, but we got it. Two episodes in a row. What are you gonna do? Or maybe not, because I'm probably gonna put out the other episode before this. But <laughs> well, maybe it'll be a Sugar Ray drop there too. When did this come out? Does it matter? 2019. Oh God. Really grasping, boys. Also, the, the title of this album or whatever it's called, Little Yachty. Oh, can't. why? Cool. This sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is really bad. Um, other than that, I, I've the... not said this very often about anything, but I much prefer the Jack Johnson version. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's also a straight no chaser version for you acapella fans out there. Uh um i should mention, i wouldn't know anything about that i should mention that uh rolling stone ranked it number six on their 10 worst songs of the 70s from a reader poll so yeah no, i don't there know are that. so many bad songs in the 70s yeah i'm I going mean, to bat for for escape oh yeah uh so as a you know where, where is he now uh, as a follow-up to pina colada the second single off his fifth album was called him this, was this a hit? Number six, baby. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Definitely not a one-hit wonder. No. This guy has had quite a career. Yeah. I don't like this very much. But no, but I, you will like the next had another one. Hit. He had another top 40 hit with a song called Answering Machine in 1986. Ooh. This Peak Answering Machine moment. In time, this one's much more like the Pina Colada song, where there's like a real funny narrative to it. It's got some funky guitar too. A it's great. While ago, I, went a call to tell I love the call. Girl, I know that she could have it all. Yeah, this feels more ironic so again. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like white guy funk, but it's fun. It's got a little jam, dude. I like it. Oh, I think I've heard this before. It did sound vaguely familiar. Yeah. This made top 40? Yeah. Huh. Uh, he also wrote the top three single, You've Got It, by the Jets. Oh, really? Which would later be recorded by Britney Spears and released on her international release of Oops, I Did It Again. Huh. I could not find 
a recorded version of that, but I found her singing it live in Singapore <laughs> in 1998. I wish Britney did the Pina Colada That'd be song. cool. That'd be great. While Rupert would continue to produce and write songs, he would also become a fucking prolific playwright. What? His first musical, The Mystery of Edwin Drood, earned him two Tony Awards. He has two Tony Awards. Two Tony Awards. Rupert? And he would go on to write many more, including the Tony Award-nominated Say Goodnight Gracie, stage adaptations of The First Wife Club, First Wife Club, A Time to Kill, and The Nutty Professor, and recently wrote a play about the life of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Wait, there's a Time to Kill musical? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, he's done like 30-some musicals and plays. Rupert. Uh, he also Rupert cre- rocks. He created a TV show called Remember When, that was like a cult following, as okay. well as he wrote a few books, including Where the Truth Lies, which was adapted into a movie starring Kevin Bacon and Colin Firth. So he's had like major successes, and obviously everyone knows this him. Man's a, he, this man's the, a genius. Yeah, and, and everyone knows him for the Pina Colada song, which he has some reservations about. He of said, course. I have a feeling that if I saved an entire orphanage from a fire <laughs> and, carried the, and carried the last child out of my shoulders, as I stood there, charred and smoking, they'd say, wait, are you the guy who put the Pina Colada song? <laughs> it's tough when you've done one thing that pulls focus from all the other things that you've done. But in later interviews, he seems like, yeah, he's definitely, he knows he's super fortunate to have this amazing song. And he's talked about that awkward moment when people ask you what you do and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a songwriter. And they ask if you've, you know, anything that you, that you they'd know of. And he's kind of like, I got a clear answer now. So it, it works out well. Yeah. And he said, the Pina Colada song. Also, you know, like 10 Barbara Streisand songs. It's <laughs> crazy, right? Uh, so Rupert married his childhood sweetheart, Elizabeth Liza Wood Dreyfus. Um, Does she like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain? I don't know. I don't think so. I think she she sounds like a down to earth woman. I think she likes her beers too. He doesn't uh, even like. Pina they coladas. had three kids together: two boys and a girl. Unfortunately, their daughter Wendy died at a young age from a brain tumor, uh, and they now live in one of my favorite little towns in the Hudson Valley, Cold Spring, New York. Uh, Rupert and his house were featured in a New York Times article a few years Ooh. back. They talked about moving to cold spring as his son has severe autism and there's an amazing program up there for adults with severe autism so they moved up there uh he also noted that he can walk to the train station in 12 minutes which is great because he never learned to drive (laughs) uh in total he has two tony awards two edgar awards 16 gold records and 15 platinum records wow he apparently has all the records in his basement, he's got like a basement studio uh, in the bathroom in the basement studio. He has all the gold records and he joked that whenever a plumber comes to do repair work, their quote always changes after they've been to the bathroom. <laughs> uh, oh, so I, this is where I got this, uh, this beer thing from is that in another article about his time in Cold Spring, uh, he talks about the fact that he loves the Climb High PA from Beacon's Two-Way Brewing Company. Okay. So I assume he'd like some Sierra Nevada well, as well. You got to find that beer in New York. Yeah. I should note that everyone that works with Rupert fucking loves him. Uh, everyone has like amazing things to say. And they say they, they always learn a ton. He's like the most gracious, amazing person in the world. Man. So that's awesome. But speaking on his success, I will end with this great little story that Rupert told in the interview. This is at the height of his fame. He said, one day I was getting out of a taxi in Manhattan. And the driver rec- recognized me from seeing me on the Merv Griffin show the night before. As I left the cab, he said, wow, 
you're the first semi-celebrity I've ever driven. <laughs> he said, did you have to find that precise wording? You couldn't let me have celebrity unmodified. <laughs> uh, so that's the story of the, the Pina Colada He seems so self-aware and uh, obviously the Pina Colada song offered him some extra opportunities, but he earned it. He had quite a career. Uh, and he's still doing it. He's still writing books. He's still writing plays. And he doesn't have to just keep touring the the nostalgia circuit singing the Pina Colada song. Good for him. I don't think he ever did. He's, it sounds like he did a bunch of like that kind of thing right off the bat. Because yeah. I don't think he would really like, want to tour anyway. Yeah. Uh, so he would literally do like, you know, four nights at a theater in Chicago and four nights in theater in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. You know, like did that thing nonstop for like 16 months and then was like, fuck it. He could do like a review, like all the songs he's written. I'm sure he's got fans that are like, oh, we love that oh, guy. I better be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's the story. Perfect. That's a wrap on this episode of You Wanted a Hit. Thanks for listening. Good luck getting that song out of your head. If you enjoyed the show, please do all the things podcasts usually ask you to. They really help. Tell a friend about the show, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, write a review on your favorite podcast app, and visit our website, ywahpod.com. That's ywahpod.com for updates on new episodes and our merch store. We have t-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, coffee mugs, stickers, and more, and it all goes back into the podcast. We would love to hear what you thought of the episode, and we also want to hear if there's something that we missed. You can reach us on Instagram and Twitter at YWHpod, or directly via email at ywhpod at gmail.com. This podcast was researched, produced, recorded, and edited by me and Theo Beidler, and our theme music is by Air Doctor. We'll see you next time.